Hey, it's Amber and welcome to season three of Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with me. Hey guys, happy Sunday and welcome to another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. So I'm your host, Amber Viola. And uh, guys, let's get into it. So uh, this week, let me give you some updates on me. We had Halloween. We dressed up. Trick-or-treating was so fun and freezing. It like all of a sudden was so cold. So every year um, I take Jacqueline up to my hometown in the Poconos of Goldsboro and we trick or treat there because it looks like Halloween town and, you know, everybody takes it really serious. So, of course, you know, we dress warm because you're up in the mountain isn't cold. Guys, I swear, when we were up there walking around, at one point, I was like, it feels like the temperature just dropped like 10 degrees. It was so insanely, insanely cold. And, um, but people were giving out hot chocolate, um, like homemade ciders and stuff. Of course, we had some roadies for the, for the journey of, uh, of trick-or-treating. Um, so then I had this VA appointment. So as most of you guys know, I am a veteran and I have been dealing with the wonderful VA, um, for the last few years. And so I had an appointment kind of to go over like my compensation and, and different things. And I, I don't know, I think that went kind of well for me. It's just, know what the thing about it is. It's about the fact that, and it's not about myself as a veteran. It's about just everyone else. The fact that people who have, say, got hit by an IUD and had their best friend die or lost a limb or something, like, you really have to go into these appointments and basically beg them to give you compensation for your things. And you have to prove that you are disabled. And you might be thinking in your head, Amber, well, you know, if you got hit by an IED and say you're missing a limb, how can you possibly not, you know, how can you possibly have to kind of like prove that? Well, you do. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but you do. I was um, talking to a veteran like maybe last week or two weeks ago who actually had that happen and wasn't really receiving any disability for that, even though to kind of all of us on the outside, it really was like, hey, dude, obviously something happened to you, right? Um, I just think it's disgusting that you have to kind of go in there and almost like plead your case. And if you don't do it good enough, then they're like, oh, well, I guess you're really not disabled. But um, on one of the plus sides of what the VA has, they have this uh, cancer screening that's called gallery and it's at no cost to us. Um, if you have the like VA insurance and you're using it, but what it is, is a $900 uh, cancer screening test. And basically it tests for any pre pre cancerous cells. So I guess about 
a year or a couple years out in your body before you actually technically have cancer and before you could even get diagnosed with it. There's a test that goes through and is able to see some of these like pre-cancerous um, cells and different abnormalities that are going on in your body and they can be seen. And so then you can get diagnosed up until like a year out before you would regularly be able to get diagnosed with cancer. So I think that is really cool. Um, I definitely would tell people to try to get it and definitely try to see if your insurance covers it. Um, it's called Gallery. It's G-A-L-L-E-R-I. Um, so the VA kind of has this research study where they're putting all of us in it so that we can um, get this test done. But I do know, um, I was actually talking to some other friends of mine about the test and they had heard of it, but it was very, very expensive. So, you know, insurance here is terrible, but I think it's a really great test and I, and I hope that more veterans definitely will, I hope they'll have access to it and be able to get it because I think it's like a really, really good, important thing. Um, so coming up. On November 7th, we have election time. Guys, you know I love it. You know I love it. So, um, yes, make sure you have a plan to go vote. Make sure you know where your polling place is. And, um, and make sure you get out there because these elections are very, very important, especially the local elections. A lot of times the change that you want to see in your community is going to be these local elections. Um, it's going to be who you're voting for, for school board, for city council, for mayor, um, for sheriffs, for your like tax person, all of those things are so important and they really can kind of like define your quality of life in your area. So it's not necessarily on the state level and it's not always on the federal level. A lot of times it's really these low level elections that really, really can help people out. But a lot of people don't vote in these. The voter, voter turn, turnout for these um, local elections is often very, very low. So we just need to make sure we're getting everybody out there to vote and make sure you know where your polling place is. Um, make sure your job is letting you go vote if you are working during that day. I know I've had jobs even in the military trying to go leave and vote was often really complicated. And sometimes they tried to tell us we weren't allowed to go vote, which was absolutely ridiculous. So make sure that you guys are doing that. This year, I don't think I'm going to be able to do ride for the polls. Um, I've been doing it the last, I think like two or three election cycles. And it's been really fun and really great. This year, I just did not have the bandwidth to try to um, add that in. And of course, I feel low-key guilty about it. But, you know, hopefully the next election cycle, I'll be able to start doing that up again because that was really great. And there's a lot of people in at least my area here that want to go vote, but don't always have a way to get to their polling place and a way to actually get there and to go vote. So if you guys know any people who need help to go vote or anything like that, definitely definitely try to see 
if you can do what you can to help make sure as many people get out to vote as they can. Um, I'll say one more thing about this, but a lot of times in these local elections, there's a lot of spaces where people run unopposed to things, which basically just means that if, so say, for example, you have somebody who's running for sheriff, if they're running unopposed, that means that there's no one else running for that seat. So automatically they're going to win it, you know, if they get five votes. So a lot of times crappy people get in these positions and are able to stay in these positions because nobody's running against them and a lot of people really aren't turning out to vote. So we just really need to make sure that we're paying attention to these these local on the ground um, elections that we have here. So this month, the month of November is Native American Heritage Month. So right now there are 574 federally recognized tribes in the United States with many more tribes working towards recognition. So in the US, Native American is the most common term that is used for this group of people. Um, but a lot of people don't like it. Um, so a lot of indigenous people prefer the term American Indian or indigenous American. Um, there's also people that like first nations people. I kind of like that. I don't know why I think that's kind of just my favorite, but I'm always going to go for whatever, whatever the group of people want to be called, you know? Um, so I know that indigenous is kind of the way to go for it and because these the the tribes they're all different people you know they're all different groups of people and and they're not all the same so um california's tribes like most across the west were forced to sign treaties with the federal government giving up their land in exchange for a reservation to live on so like a lot of these treaties and i don't know if you guys have recently heard about this but there has been a fight between indigenous tribes and American states trying fighting over water rights. And so a lot of these tribes don't really have any federal recognition, which then doesn't give them any claims to water rights. So when you have places out West where the Colorado river or different things would, you know, flood and that's how they would, you know, do their agriculture, plant their food and different things. Once dams began to be built and water kind of was siphoned off to American towns and cities, the tribes that were indigenous to that land and living there no longer had access to that water that was there. And now due to the fact that they're not federally recognized, they really don't have any access to that water. So a lot of these tribes out West, especially are fighting and going through the court systems and some of these are going up to the supreme court for them to be able to get rights to their own land and to their own water and to be able to have access to it um chelsea and i when we were in high school we went and did a missions trip and we went to a navajo indian reservation um i think it's called the navajo indian reservation as like the name of it and we went out there and one of the things that we did was build outhouses because they did not have indoor plumbing and running water um another thing that people had to do was like go get water and bring it back and kind of collect it and hold it there and 
it was just so eye-opening to me to see how people were living and how far off the grid you are and how far away you are from these things. So when there's not natural occurring water coming through these areas and stuff because they were siphoned off, they don't, they have to drive miles and miles to be able to go somewhere and literally fill up like plastic containers full of water and bring that back for them to be able to survive on, to be able to use, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I was reading about this on NPR. If you guys want to check it out, it's, um, talks about the West water rights, um, with the tribes. And it also adds in kind of some climate change issues because that's a big issue too, because a lot of these areas out there now where indigenous people are living are drier and are facing droughts and climate change and, and different things like that. So that is definitely an issue and it's, it's going to get worse. So I, I just definitely wanted to shout out Native American Heritage Month, and I hope that you guys will, you know, do some research on it and definitely learn. There is a huge um, veteran population in the indigenous community, and um, they fought in every war with us since we've um, been America over here. So I think that is pretty cool and something that should definitely be really, really celebrated because they were such a big part of helping us win a couple of these wars out here and um, using their language um, to help send encrypted messages. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard about like the code breakers or different things. So they definitely are so intertwined with our American history, especially our American veteran history. And so I think it's really important that we know a lot about them and, um, you know, lift them up and, and give them the recognition that they deserve. So there we go. Um, so I really want to shout out a podcast here. So there's a podcast called eyes wide open with Nick Thomas or Nick Thompson. And so he does his last two episodes were with a friend of mine who I went to Bible college with. So as some of you who have been listeners for a while know that I've talked about it. Um, Chelsea had previously talked about it as well, but surviving life in a cult and escaping life in a cult with Callie's Izel is a two part episode. And in that interview, she really goes into detail about her experience in the cult and kind of how she ended up there and what it was like while she was there and then how she got out of it. It was really, really good and crazy. And I went there with her. I was, I was there. That's where I was. Um, eventually I want to do a whole podcast series about being there and about what it was like and things like that. But yeah, if you guys have the chance to check out a new podcast, definitely check out Eyes Wide Open with Nick Thompson. And it's really, really great. So I don't know if any of you listeners out there last week had issues with not getting paid. So there has been like tons of banking issues. So banks like Chase, Bank of America, 
Wells Fargo, and many, many more saw some crazy banking issues this past week. Thousands of people didn't receive their paychecks due to a glitch, allegedly, and temporary delays to direct deposits. So I believe that my mom had experienced this. And then, of course, I had seen on Facebook people saying like, my check, why didn't I get my check? Why didn't I get my check? And what was kind of weird to me was this wasn't really, to me, a big news story. Like y'all out here messing with people's money that it needs to be, it needs to be a bigger news story. I had to kind of feel like I was going to chase it around and dig to be able to kind of find what the issue were. And y'all, I barely found out what the issue was. Okay. Cause I'm, I can't even give you a ton of details. This is it. It said that um, thousands of people didn't receive their paychecks due to a glitch and a temporary delay to direct deposits. So the banking system and the banks were blaming the processing issue at the automatic clearing house or ACH. So if you guys are ever looking in your like bank thing on your app and it says ACH, mine says ACH when I get my deposits in there from like the VA. And so the banks are blaming it on them saying that it was a processing issue. I don't believe they actually made a comment or anything on it. Um, the bank said that y'all should be getting paid at some point. Some people have received their money. Um, they also said that the money is going to be held for you. So it's going to be there. I know what I'm saying sounds vague as hell. It is because this is literally like the vaguest of the vague. Like there was no more really information to that. Where is it going to be held, bank people? Where? In the cloud? Like what are we doing? I don't know. That's just kind of what it said. So I'm going to keep on following this story um, because it's kind of crazy and wild to me that this just wasn't like a a breaking news story really and especially when you're playing with people's money i don't know guys i it's about to get crazy i can just i just know that it's about to get crazy and that's not good if we're already having glitches and different things like that um so so yeah with that uh, <laughs> uh i thought this was funny the my pillow guy is currently broke that's uh that's kind of all <laughs> wanted to chuckle at that. So he is currently going through like a bunch of legal battles or whatever, but he had money. And when he decided to kind of jump on the Trump train, whether you agree with it or not, he now has been facing tons and tons of lawsuits and his lawyers just quit because they said that he owes them millions of dollars and he can't pay them and he doesn't have any money. And he was crying on some interview talking about that he was broke. Well, he's being sued for defamation because he went around on like a little speaking tour talking about how the 2020 election was rigged and how the like people who are volunteering their time and their service who are working in the, you know, voter centers and helping people um, do their actual vote, the people who are counting the ballots and doing all that. He went around saying that those people, you know, like purposely were rigging the election. And 
I think the part that a lot of people miss on that is these election, like the poll workers, a lot of them received death threats and people had to, you know, move and were getting harassed and were getting threatened and had to go into hiding because of the allegations that my pillow guy and a lot of other people on the Trump team were making against them. And that just is, is really scary. And they didn't deserve that, especially when they're just trying to, trying to do their job. So we will take a quick break and I will be right back. Seventy Two Hours of Hell, My Time in the VA is out now on Amazon. This short story is about my time being in the Veterans Affairs Hospital on a voluntary 72-hour hold. This journey through involuntary hold was marked by humiliation, broken promises, and a profound sense of vulnerability. My path towards seeking help was extremely challenging. Despite the setbacks faced, I hope my journey will lead other veterans and anyone else facing mental health issues to the care and support they might desperately require. 72 Hours of Hell, My Time in a VA is available now on Amazon Kindle. Okay, welcome back, guys. So, as many of you have probably seen, we finally have a Speaker of the House. He was the fourth nominee for the job after we, after they had ousted um, Kevin McCarthy. So, Mike Johnson is the new Speaker of the House, and I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, talk about him and and. And let you guys know what kind of uh, person he is. So he gave his first kind of speech um, when he got voted in. His speech was very, very religious. Um, One of the funny things I just thought about his speech after listening to it, he said that God raises up those in authority. And somebody commented and said, okay, but like, why doesn't then this apply to Biden or say President Obama if God raises up those in authority? Oh, it's just y'all. Okay. Okay. My bad. So he is a 51 year old father of four who has been involved in electoral politics for less than nine years. And he has been in Washington for less than two. He was first elected in 2015. He is the most least experienced Speaker of the House in 140 years. He is socially conservative with a long history of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. He called homosexuality inherently unnatural and also likened it to bestiality, which is not. He is against medical marijuana and said it's a gateway drug. He voted to discourage the state's law enforcement and government agencies from working with the Council on American-Islamic Relations, um, which is super important even right now due to the fact that there has been not only a rise in anti-Semitic attacks here in the U.S. against Jewish Americans, but there has been also a rise in anti-Muslim attacks against Muslim Americans and anti-Arab attacks against Arab Americans. 
So there's a lot of people who are considered the other who are just really being attacked right now. And so that's why working together with agencies like the Muslim Civil Rights Organization are important because they can help with that. Uh, In 2017, Johnson supported Trump's Muslim ban, and he is an election denier and also part of uh, former President Trump's inner circle. So Johnson's wife is also a little different. So apparently they have a covenant marriage and they're always going around talking about a covenant marriage. As somebody who grew up super religious, I didn't even know what this was and I knew it was going to be a mess. I just knew it was guys. Listen, this type of union is an agreement that prevents couples from divorcing until at least two years after their wedding. And then only under a handful of very specific circumstances. So these types of marriages are only legal in three states. I really don't know why, like, they're always bringing it up. Um, But that's neither here nor there, I guess. So his wife runs a religious counseling company called Onward Christian Counseling Services. And in this wonderful counseling service company that they have they also compared homosexuality to bestiality and to incest so yes guys being gay must be the same as like i don't know hooking up with your cousin um according to the huffington post the company's website was pulled down on saturday uh october 28th the day after the huff post had reported on the company's beliefs so now you can't really go and look at it because they they took it down but yeah um definitely not my cup of tea and i you know for me it's just the we have separation of church church and state for a reason and the reason is because i know for a fact that if we had somebody in this same position as Mike Johnson and his wife, and they were Muslim, that none of this would fly. People would be flipping out and like passing out in the streets. But because it's Christian, it seems fine. And it's okay to basically push their beliefs onto other people who don't believe the same thing that they do. Um, So that's just kind of really, really crazy to me. And it's just um, already starting to be a mess with him being uh, Speaker of the House. So I feel like this is going to be a bumpy ride, guys. So let's, uh, let's, (laughs) let's, let's uh, hold on. Okay. So there are some updates, obviously, on the Israel and um, Palestinian war. Israel most recent move they uh, bombed a refugee camp because they were looking for Hamas terrorists and um, apparently they killed one but also killed hundreds of Palestinians at the same time so guys that's uh that's going really terrible over there there are so many kids who are dead um women and children who are being killed 
you know, it, it's almost like they're not even trying to not kill civilians. And that seems kind of like the point. And it's really sad because over half of the Palestinian population are kids. So when you're talking about bombing refugee camps or you're talking about bombing different areas or even when people are saying, well, there there's no difference between Palestinians and Hamas. So they're kids. They're kids. Um, that's, yeah, they're kids. And that's just really, really sad about it. Um, so one of the last things that I kind of wanted to go into on this week was red dyes in food and how terrible our food here is. Uh, my daughter has a food allergy to red dye and I believe kind of other dye colors as well. And it is in everything. It is in all of our food, um, clothing, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, body spray, body wash, lip gloss, chapsticks, hair stuff, everything. It's in everything. So people in some other countries in the world are considered healthier and, i.e. skinnier than Americans. But this is not necessarily because of personal choices, but because their government actually attempts to write reg regulations in the best interest of their citizens. And what I mean by that is many foods that we have available for us in the United States are illegal in many other countries, like the EU. Things like Skittles, Starburst, Sour Patch Kids, Jell-O, Ritz Crackers, Gatorade, Wheat Thins, Frosted Flakes, Coffee Mate Creamer, Pop-Tarts, Gatorade, Little Debbies, Pillsbury Biscuits, Chicken, Farm-Raised Salmon, Rice Krispies, Mountain Dew, Fresca, Stovetop Stuffing, Drumstick Ice Cream, Instant Mashed Potatoes, Twinkies, Some Types of Bread, Pork, etc. The list literally goes on and on and on and on. So... Those foods that I just named are illegal in other places outside of the United States. And if they still sell those things, so some of these companies will still sell these products in other countries, they don't have all of the ingredients and stuff that we have over here. They don't have all the poisonous stuff. They don't, they obviously can't have the red dyes because that's illegal. So you're getting a completely different product somewhere else because they actually care about their people and what they're eating. And these things are mostly available to people who are poor and they don't really have any options of buying anything else or going anywhere else. Um, around this area, like the food bank usage has gone up. That's something national that many people have been talking about. And a lot of these types of foods that I'm listing off are the types of food that are available to people who are going to these, um, to these food banks and to these food pantries, because that's all that they have available to them. Um, so when you're thinking about people and being healthy and their access to food, this is such a big one because it really makes a difference with what you're putting in your body. And think about it. Like, 
who is thinking that they're going to be eating some wheat then, okay? And that the wheat thins are poisoning their body. You're thinking, okay, wheat thins, better than chips, right? Hey, you know, a little bit more healthy, but no, these actually are illegal in other places because they have a bunch of carcinogens in them, which means that they're cancer causing. And all of these other ingredients that just aren't allowed in other places. Um, Eating healthy has become very, very expensive and red dye is in so many things and i specifically chose to kind of talk about red dye because my daughter's allergic to it and also there's another little boy in her class who is allergic to red dye as well so his red dye is more involved with the fashion side of things because this poor baby if he wears anything that is like red with red clothing that has a dye in it and he starts sweating, he will break out in hives all over his poor little body due to this. I don't know if you guys are like me, that thought literally never even crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind. So even when I was dealing with my daughter's allergy and trying to understand it and different things like that, I never even thought about initially you know, clothing and things like that or whatever. And so I was just like, oh my goodness, well, how much, how many clothing items do we have that have red dye in it? And guys, I have a little princess angel baby, okay, who loves pink. So that means everything, (laughs) you know? So then what do you do? Most of the time when I get something red, just for the sheer fact of red dye leaks out of your clothing when it's new, I would normally always wash something that was red before putting it away or before even trying to wear it, just trying to get that excess dye out of it. And you know not to wash it the first time with other clothes and stuff because it will leak and then everything in your washing machine is going to be pink. But I never thought about that as far as being on your skin and like going into your skin our skin is our biggest organ on our body it it breathes it absorbs things so (coughs) if you have dyes and all these carcinogens and different things in your clothing now that's on your skin and your body is uh, absorbing it and it's getting into everything you know that's not scary that's not you know (laughs) that's not panic inducing or anything like that. And guys, you know what? It's about to just get a little bit worse. So then you have to worry about what ingredients are in everything, right? And so you're saying, okay, so clothing, how do I look at my clothing tags to kind of see what's in it? Me, I look at my clothing tags all the time because obviously guys, I love fashion. I love clothes and I want to make sure that I'm taking care of them properly and I want to make sure that I'm washing them properly and washing them in the way that they need to be washed. I also like to kind of see what is what it's made out of to determine, you know, can it go in a dryer? Can it go in hot water? All of those different things. But what I never thought about was an ingredient list being listed on the clothing and not just on the fabrics. So right now I have on a t-shirt and it is cotton. Um, and so I see that and I say, okay, my t-shirt is made out of cotton, right? 
but what about the chemicals that were used to create the t-shirt or the t-shirt's black what about the dye that was used to dye the fabric what ingredients are in that dye i don't know like we don't know what that is because it's not listed on there and that list honestly might be pretty long um but it's not on there when you think about makeup and lotions and soaps and different things they'll have ingredient list on there but what i've come to find out is a lot of things will say fragrance what does that mean what's in the fragrance and so i found that there's often red dye in fragrance like what the hell what <laughs> like okay so there could be red dye in fragrance okay what else could be in there you don't know because they don't list list that out it's literally just a kind of blanket label that a lot of things can go into it another blanket label i found was flavor just flavor well what does that mean what's in it we don't know but flavor could also include dyes in it and it doesn't list those things off um and so you're not even getting a complete list of what is in these things and as i said about the clothing it doesn't tell you any of the chemicals or use or or any of the chemicals that go into processing your clothing at all so there's not even a list on those things so how do you even determine what's in what you almost can and it's almost like you can't even find out the answer to these to these things you know and let alone there's a lot of stuff that doesn't even try to pretend like it's going to list anything on there and it just doesn't um and i found that with a lot of like makeup was there was no kind of ingredients on those things as a whole anyway and so trying to find out what is in things has been super hard because there's times i've i've read off ingredients and said oh okay i think that this is okay and then it hasn't been okay and so now i realize that because there's things blanket listed as fragrance or as flavor that those things may contain irritants and dyes in them that you know i didn't even know about or didn't even know was available you know and talking to some of the other parents and things and people are kind of just at a loss of what to do or even where to go and guys wait so you know your kids having an allergic reaction right and you're like all right i gotta get them some metadrill you know something with antihistamine and it's some allergy medicine and that's what you're doing you know that there's red dye in a lot of those things why is there red dye in medicine why hello people hi why why yeah so has there been times where myself and the other uh little boy's parent i was telling you about gave our kids allergy medicine that contained red dye yes yes we have um what (laughs) oh yeah i'm about to cuss what is that 
Um, yeah, so that is just a whole, a whole different thing. And when you get into kind of like the fashion industry and the, and then kind of adjacent makeup, uh, fragrance industry and those things, it's, it's even worse than, than the food industry on trying to figure things out and, you know, figure out what's used, what's in them, what chemical, you know, sealing sealants are they using to seal the colors in your clothes or what chemical washes are they using for things and it's just can be really really insane and and really really overwhelming and um I didn't want to stretch you guys out but I definitely wanted to leave you with that information because it was just new to me and kind of so overwhelming trying to figure all of that stuff out so you know hopefully more people now are being made aware of these things and more people are going to demand better of some of these agencies like the FDA, which does nothing. Um, and some of these other things because they are really, really important and they're not doing our job. And I, and I, we need to get to where other countries are to where we're actually not allowed to have these things and not allowed to sell these types of things here because they're killing people and they're damaging people. <clears throat> so thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. And I want you guys to check out my book that is available on Amazon Kindle. And it is called 72 Hours of Hell, My Time in the VA. I just finished chapter two and it's out now and it's called Down the Rabbit Hole. So chapters one and two are available for you out now. And you can, as I said, you can find those on Amazon Kindle and make sure you find us on TikTok at politics, but make it fashion. We are on Instagram at politics, but make it fashion one. And we are also on Facebook at politics, but make it fashion chat soon.